This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning and welcome. We're back here on a very busy Monday morning. The uh, mayor of Decatur, Julie Moore Wolf, uh, in studios here in her normal uh, spot. At least it was warm enough to get out of the house. Oh, it's nice. 30 degrees. It's like a heat wave. Yeah? Yeah, it's pretty exciting to... Car wasn't iced over or anything. All right, uh, let, let's. We got a lot to get to here today, but I want to talk about roads for a minute. I know you get a lot of this same kind of heat uh, for state roads, roads that you guys have nothing to do with. In fact, mm-hmm. can't do anything right. to. Uh, uh, last week, uh, we've talked about this uh, several days. Uh, the potholes on one twenty one are like a demilitarized zone. I, I mean, I don't know how. The only way you're going to miss them is if by hitting other cars. I mean, it is that bad. Today, I drove in. I did the Spitler Woods out to back behind to 36 to avoid a state highway. Yeah, that's that's not good. Country roads are 99% better than a state highway. And I know and you it, have well, roads in yeah. Decatur that are the same way. We do. And, and most of the roads that are the most heavily traveled our state routes. They're mm-hmm. not city routes. They're not county routes. And so, you know, it is up to the state to patch them. And, you know, when you go through the massive temperature changes and, and really, really frozen temperatures, it's just, it's it's asking for just a disaster on the roads. All right. Now, we mm-hmm. have a story on com where you can report a pothole on a state highway or interstate with an 800 number. Uh, I uh, excuse me for being cynical. I, I just feel like, uh, uh, will that really do anything? You hope, but I mean, they're just waiting for my call. Well, I'm, I'm sure there's somebody that's going to take your call or, or leave, you get to leave a message. I don't even AI know how to begin it. to talk about the 600 that are on 121. I mean, how do you even, <clears throat> I, I, it, it's crazy. Uh, we have everybody running for office now, or it seems like everybody mm-hmm. running on these national issues, and we're talking about, uh, isn't this the kind of thing that used to be basic service for people? Well, and, and that's why local government is so important, you know, because it is about really everyday life. It's your water, your sewer, your public safety, that sort of thing. And so it's it's harder when it's a state or federal you know, responsibility that getting somebody that can actually do something is nearly impossible. Yeah. And and it it feels like, I think it's why people, this this is just one example, but Mm. why people kind of lose trust in sort of, you know, people, there's a new survey today. Most, most people in America feel like they pay too much, too much in taxes. And and I think you feel that way because this basic stuff feels like it just doesn't get fixed like it used to. Well, and, and you don't, it's hard to say, is it worse than it used to be? Or are we just paying so much more and we have higher expectations? You know, did it really, were these things solved faster and easier before? I don't know. It feels like in some senses they were, the basic stuff. But everybody in government now, and you guys have had this with the council, you kick the can down the road. You don't fix infrastructure problems. You just keep putting Band-Aids on it until you can't anymore. Well, but I, I will take issue with that because I think that is very true. But one of the things when Mike McElroy became mayor, when I went on the council with, you know, we had a whole fresh look of the council, yeah. with the exception of a couple people. That's what we spent the first probably four years doing was finding ways to fund things that had been kicked down the road. That's you know, my from point. Sewers I, to but everything that's else. what people well, do now. And I, but so that meant massive increases in things like water rates and you know sewer rates and this that and the other thing. Trying to fix the things that only get more expensive. You know, it's like one of the things we try to do is line the sewers so that you don't have to dig up a street you can find problems and you can fix the problems before they happen which is proactive and you have to be able to do that but again it costs money and nobody wants to pay more money because everybody everybody including me 
we pay too much now. And what do we get for it? Where's our return on investment? All right. Will you at least say that this has been a pretty mild winter? We've had a lot of pretty mild winters. Yeah. I mean, you look back, so, we have, it hasn't been that bad. So we haven't had, like IDOT goes, due to massive snow. Well, we haven't had massive no. snow. And the problem with, like, if you have snow, plowing, that's one thing, and it doesn't tear up the roads as much. When you're trying to ice, and if you're still plowing, mm -hmm. that tears up the roads even more. So uh, I, I feel like the roads are in horrible winter shape, and we haven't had a horrible winter. We haven't had a horrible winter in a long time. Yeah. You know, we've had some pretty big snowfalls every once in a while, but it's we not haven't like... Had I, I'm going back, like, we'll okay. have like a day where, like, we have a massive dump of snow of like five or six inches and then we have nothing okay I mean, it's not like the winter when i was growing up as a kid man it was snowy all the time or so i remember <laughs> so Lindsay went to grocery shop yesterday and she's like oh my god it's worse uh it, you know hence my sort of back roads adventure today mm -hmm. getting into work uh, and i i'm sure there are others you know, state streets, you know, in town and everywhere. Well, 121 seems to hold the record for oh. being in really, really bad shape. Yeah. And, and it's, here's the crazy thing. You, you know, when you get out in the morning, uh, and especially if you're out and about, and, and I got a different traffic pattern today. It was interesting because I got to see everybody on 36. <laughs> I'm like, there's a lot more people here. Uh, but when you're driving and it's, it's foggy or it's, you know, the roads might be slick and you're trying to, I mean, how do you keep all of this stuff in your field of view? I don't know. And there's a pothole every six feet. And if you've got traffic next to you, like you yeah. say, where do you go? You don't. Uh, uh, and I really, I literally, it was so violent. I, honest to God, I, I was surprised my airbag didn't go off. Well, that would have probably totaled your car, wouldn't it? Well, I don't know. Well, it might have. It I was don't know. just not good. Uh, and, I, and I think it's part of the reason why you guys get undue criticism, uh, particularly with, like, if you look at 51 and right. all these roads, mm -hmm. there's nothing you can do about it. Right. But do you have... Like, I mean, I mean, who do you turn to? I mean, obviously, IDOT's in charge of this, but it's been a long time since I've heard an elected official that represents us talk about these kinds of issues. Well, we've been talking in quite a bit with IDOT and with our elected officials about um, a different look for Decatur as you come in on one twenty or on uh, 51 okay. between Pershing and El Dorado, which has been so torn up for so long. And IDOT's initial plan was to come in and just, you know, pave over it like they always have. And you only get this opportunity like once every 15 years for them to actually do something a little bit different. We don't need that many lanes. What we really want to do is it's called a concrete diet and you shrink the number of lanes in. Now go back to the concrete diet thing. Okay. That's interesting. So, okay. And there, there are places where there are like five lanes okay. 51 between Pershing and El Dorado. We don't need that. And you know, some of them are turn lanes, this, that, and the other thing. We don't need that many lanes. It encourages people to speed. It, it's less, it's, it's a bunch of concrete instead of green space. So if you shrink inwards and you, you lose a lane here and lane there and you get it down to like three lanes, it starts looking better because you can put like a, a barrier in between with like grass mm -hmm. and then a bike trail or walking sidewalk, et cetera. And it, it gives a better look overall. But trying to get IDOT on board with that <clears throat> put, set us back a couple of years. And so, but they're on board now. This is one of Why the Why were they not on board? Because they have a way of doing things and it's, they like to do it the way they've always done it. Okay. And so, but you have to have public hearings, which we've been having in public meetings saying, what do you want on this? Because you've got a lot of cutouts too. You've got to get into businesses. And so it's, it's, it's a really complicated project, um, but we're, we're making headway. So it's going to be a while, but they did come in and kind of 
Hatch 51 between Pershing, especially south, was terrible, um, to El Dorado to make it less like, I mean, it's like your airbag just about did go off just by driving. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so... What, what, what do you do as the city for the roads that you do run? I, I mean, you know, the ones that right. you are actually in charge of. Um, our public works department surveys every year, like all the roads, and they have it on a rotation. And you try to make sure you're fixing the worst of the worst first because they only continue to deteriorate. And you try to keep up with it as much as you can, which is one of the reasons we put in the um, local motor fuel tax about, gosh, I don't even know how long ago. Uh, but it's been a long time. It has been. That money is dedicated to the streets that the city is responsible for. So it may be a neighborhood. It may be an area where um, they're they're doing, like, for example, the Johns Hill area and construction. And so it makes sense to put that money there. So we've got a fund because the money we get from the state doesn't cover everything we need to do anymore. All right. Um do people report stuff to you? Oh, yeah. I mean, do you have like a... a I get email. I have a well, pothole I, I, in front of my house. I know you probably do, but but the, is there a, a, a vehicle to actually get to the people who are in charge of that through the city's website? I mean, do you have a, like a, a hotline? Do you... We don't have a hotline, and we are in the process of redoing our website and hopefully making it a lot more user-friendly because it's way too many clicks to find what you're wanting and to who you need to get to. But our public works department is really, really responsive okay. to the public, and they'll, you know, they go out they take a look at things because they understand a giant pothole that can swallow a jeep yeah what about in situ sorry uh situations where a problem's been identified and they bring out one of those uh flip out signs that has the orange and white stripes and maybe a blinking light or whatever and then a bunch of time passes from when they identify the issue and mark it as a hazard when is a reasonable amount of time to go hey you guys remember coming out here i have no idea fair enough but, Do you have a specific example? No, I've just seen it like a few times where you're like, you know, maybe some growth or a part of a, the edge of a road fell out. Or there was one in my neighborhood like a couple of years ago that sat for, they came out and identified the problem. But I've seen probably a handful of those. I, you just don't, part of it's like, well, I'm sure they're on it. They came and marked it, but then you don't want to get and forgotten about it. you hope that it didn't get back burdened to the point that they did forget about forget, it, especially yeah. if it's not a highly traveled road. You know what? At this point, if the state would identify it, I, I, it would be happier. <laughs> you, know, you know, here's the big orange cone. Yeah. Okay. Look don't, out trouble yeah. ahead. You know, get into the other lane. Right. Something, <laughs> anything. Uh, I, I am sure it is the one thing that I would think roads would be like the social security of like local and state politics. Like, like I've always been a road person. Well, I know I'm saying (laughs) you would think it's the one thing most of us experience from a tax body, the most in our life. Well, and one that keeps popping back up because you just expect that your water is going to be clean and safe and come out of the pipes when you, Mm -hmm. you know, turn the faucet. If it doesn't happen, then you're like, Hey, what happened? But you, you completely take it for granted roads. You get up every day, go out on the roads and you find the new, you know, they're right in front of you. I, I think this would be a popular platform for politicians. I, I don't know why we're arguing about stuff that we have nothing to you know, say about and, and why we're not spending more time on this kind of thing. That's a good point. Um, happy to talk about roads. What's your relationship with our local representation? Um, there are a couple that I don't know very well. Steve and who would McClure, they be? I hey, don't know. Uh, by the way, I got a call from Steve on Friday. I got a voicemail from him. Because his number's like from Phoenix or something. I have no idea. Hmm. Like, I didn't answer it. Uh, but then I got a voicemail that he, about offering to come in and do the show. So we talked about that last week. I didn't well, see him. He uh, came in before the election. 
Um, and, and I was at a forum with him once, but it's been a couple of years ago. Uh, so he, he, we now have three representatives and three senators. Are you sure we don't have more than that? Are no, we talking about the county? It's three. Well, I don't know. There could yeah, be a sliver yeah, of somebody. No, in. you've got, okay. We have Brad Halbrook. We have Sue Shear. And we have Dan Calkins at this point. We have um, Doris Turner, Sally Turner, and Steve McClure. Steve McClure. I think we're missing somebody because I swear there were five state reps. Like with just Five? A, yes, with just a tiny, tiny... Well, when Tim Butler had, and maybe Steve McClure took this, when Tim Butler was still in... Um, Steve McClure's the center. Right, but I'm... Oh, you're right. Yeah. When Tim Butler was still in the uh, House of Representatives, the State House, he had booty. You know, so it was like 200 people or something. Yeah, but it, there could be something sliver. like that. But, I mean, the majority of, of Macon County, or if yeah. not all, is, is represented by we, – we went from two each to three each. Uh, and there could – you know, I, I with all due respect to everybody in booty, you're on your own. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, you know, I hope yeah. you get everything you're going to get. But the mass majority of what's happening in Macon County is right here. Yeah. And, and I feel like Senator Turner comes in here once a month. Uh, Senator Doris Turner. Yes, Doris Turner. Yeah. Uh, we have not met Sally Turner. Oh, I, yeah, I've had a lot of contact with have Sally you? Turner. Yeah. And? Mm-hmm. Um, really likable person. She's um, has always been available when we've had something that's happened. She Is has she helpful? Outreach. Well, I haven't needed her help okay. at this point, but you know, I feel like I've got a relationship with her. Okay. I mean, I've got her cell phone. She's got mine. You know, we Good. talk on occasion. Uh, Senator Doris Turner is indicator a lot. Yeah, she she is in a lot of places. So she's done a really good job representing us. Um, and then you've got. I see Dan Hawkins all the time. His term is up shortly. Yeah, and, so, and Regan's been Regan is all everywhere. over the place. Yeah. Have you met her opponent from Bloomington? I had. I, I didn't know who he was, but he came up to me. He's on at, the county board, or he's on the McLean County board. Right, he's a lawyer there. Right, and um, Dan Brady um, has been helping him campaign and and introduced him to me at um, oh, an event we had at the conference center okay. about a month ago, maybe two months ago. All right. But it was like one of those things where I was like, oh, well, hi. Yeah. You know, there was not an actual conversation. Do you feel like that's less and less? Uh, I mean, it, I I don't know. I, I feel like sometimes I just get old and grouchy and I don't want to be just old and grouchy, but it just felt like our representation was more plugged into our community than it is today. You know, I we were so spoiled for so long because we had two really outstanding state senators in Andy Menar and Chapin Rose in each party. So depending on who was in charge, what which party was in control of the governor's mansion, you at least had an in. You know, you had somebody who could get there. Yeah. And, you know, we again had um, state representatives, one in each party where, you know, you, you had a person you could go to when you needed to get. And it isn't even necessarily the governor's office. Sometimes it's the, the housing department. That IDOT. You, yeah. Well, IDOT, yeah. So, and IDOT's always been a challenge. So, was that a, a kind of a agreement with what I asked or not? I can't tell. Well... I, it's different, and when I when the maps were redrawn, it was just it just made my stomach hurt because it's like we weren't really number one for anybody, and you want to have somebody who calls Macon County home that you know you can run into them in Kroger or you know whatever, and you can actually get to your 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 people. Um, that's one thing why why local government's so important because you do see us, and you know. Like, and this will sound like a, a silly example, but you, you know, was it two weeks ago we were we did our show from the Park District 100th? Yes. Uh, um, I didn't see a single one there. That's Which is odd. surprising, but there were 500 people there too. Yeah. So. Hmm. Trust me, when there's live microphones and politicians. <laughs> 
Okay, I forgot. They don't hide in a corner. I did see representatives there. I saw Sushir and Dan Calkins. Okay. And then on the map of the uh, districts, tell me if these two names ring a bell. Uh, Michael Coffey. Down, down by Booty, up towards Elwyn, and over there. Okay, that would have been who took Tim Butler's place. And then yeah. another name, William Houter, who has Warrensburg over Harristown, stuff like that. I don't know if that's still Macon County, but those that are... That is Macon County. That, yeah. Yeah. Never heard of either one. Yeah, see, those would be the people that I said, I think they're like more. Okay. And, yeah. But I if you think that. the person who has a fourth of Macon County doesn't care, what does having 200 people in Warrensburg care? That's a point. And I don't mean they don't care. I'm just saying you're not going to be the priority. Right. Well, it's hard when you're a smaller community anyway to be a priority. So how did we get so screwed? You well, got, I mean, tell me, the Democrats drew the map, your buddies. I mean, how, how did Macon County end up being divided up into, like, splinters? I wish I knew. I wish I knew. But, you know, it's the... The base that's there, they try. I mean, as sad and cynical as this is, when they redraw the maps, it's redrawing about one thing, power and control, and make sure making sure that the party in power retains that power. And they do that by having their, making sure that their people are secure in their districts. Okay. I mean, I, I know that. I, I, I know. But that doesn't explain, well, I, I know why they do what they do. I yeah. get that. Uh, but it, it makes no sense to have three or four or five representatives that no one really cares because exactly. they've got just a fraction yeah, of so a little bit. Yeah, so why waste their time of, when they've got a bigger area where they can get more votes and, you know, do more for more people? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Frustrating. It is frustrating. Um, why don't... Why don't voters care about this kind of stuff anymore? I just don't think people pay attention. They're so busy with their own lives. Yeah, but their own lives is what I'm talking about. I I I mean, the the basic stuff. Trying to get people to pay attention. I think they're paying attention. I just think they're paying attention to things that are not. I I, I mean, I think for years you could have gone to a meeting and had people show up and talk about roads and infrastructure and the things that impact their day-to-day lives. And now everybody's showing, screaming about immigration. I, I, I think they're paying attention. They're just not paying attention to the local stuff anymore. And therefore, yeah. the politicians aren't going to, they're going to go where the voters are or try to direct the voters where they are. There's no impetus to improve any of this. Yeah, and it's it's hard because it, we don't have, I mean, well, and you've talked about it a number of times, the small number of people who show up to vote in a municipal I election. I mean, it's just... You have 13% of the population or the voting population making all the decisions then. So it's just, it's rough. All right. So what's next for the council? Well, we are, what day is this? We do not meet tonight. Um, Our next meeting is next week. And we only have one meeting in January, so it's been a little weird. And then we have a study session coming up on, oh, I'm drawing a blank. And what are you studying? That's what I'm trying to remember. They're like, it's like. It's like a couple of things. I mean, it's it's Monday. Okay, we'll get back to you. On that. <laughs> but that's not next Monday. It's like two weeks away. All right, we got plenty so, of time. Yeah. We'll preview it next Monday. <laughs> that that urgent study session. Well, you know, study sessions can be very very. How, helpful. how are they decided these days? I mean, who um, who puts that on the calendar? It's usually at the impetus of the city manager. It used to be like... And so many council you, members. Yeah, and you still can. Four council members can say, we need to study that. But that got so out of hand to where... And a study session takes a lot of work by staff, and it's a lot of time and energy. And if it has no chance of going anywhere... Because um, it used to be just... I could be sitting at a council meeting as a councilman saying, yep, I think we ought to study how long the sun takes to come up tomorrow. Yeah. 
And, you know, so it's just, it got really, really out of hand. But primarily it's because we have an issue that we're trying to, a problem we're trying to solve or something we need to be looking at strategically. And what does council want to do? Here are the options. You know, here, here are the challenges. What, how much is this going to cost? What, where does council want to go next? So that staff really has some direction as to what to, a direction to take. How, what's the mood of the council right now? I mean, are you guys pretty cohesive, getting along? I, I would say yes. I, I think it's better than it, it had been for a while. And, you know, we're trying to get a lot of things done. And we've got so many balls in the air and there's so much going on. I mean, kudos to Nicole Bateman, but man, we've got so many jobs coming in and so many things that are happening. God and, forbid. I know it's, it's, it's a great problem to have, but so we start looking at, okay, what are other issues that are challenges and housing is one of them. How do we do this? And we're a city. Should we be involved in, in making housing happen so that we've got some newer developments for, you know, all of these people that we'd like to move into the community to have a place to live. You've got childcare issues. You've got, I mean, workforce issues where working in alignment with other Entities can be a challenge, but I think we're, we're making progress with that. Okay. Um, we're about out of time. Um, Las Vegas, two weeks. Can you, you know, get enough? Uh, here's here's uh, my Swift. problem now. What? Okay. I have, I was planning to take down our last two Christmas trees this weekend. However, we can't change anything until i'm sorry what we can't change anything it's it january 29th i know well i always keep it up a little bit longer because i enjoy it especially when it's gloomy i need some nothing wrong with lights. that at all but what but does that have to do with we the can't nfl jinx the chiefs okay we do need to congratulate taylor swift on her first season with the chiefs going to the super bowl okay are you telling me that you think by indicator illinois you taking down your two christmas trees i am not risking this <laughs> My children not putting would that on not, her. Uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> I'm like, okay, and we won't wash your clothes. It'll okay. be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing strange about yeah, that at all. Yeah, not at all. I haven't lost my mind. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, uh, we got another week to preview it, so uh, looking forward to it. Mayor, we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.